So whether you're asking about the person who's off in the jungle or the person who's off in the desert, the question is still the same. What is God's response to that person who never heard the message of the gospel? Thank you for joining us on Truth That Changes Lives. Pastor J.P. Jones is the senior pastor of Crossline Community Church in Laguna Hills, California, and a professor in biblical studies at Biola University. Today on Truth That Changes Lives, Pastor J.P. will be giving us a message from a series entitled Questions. Let's listen in as J.P. gives us part one of What About Those Who Have Never Heard? We are in a series talking about questions and trying to look at some answers from God's Word to questions we have about life and truth and uh, God and heaven and hell and ultimate reality. And we want to create an environment here at Crossline where this is a safe place to ask some tough questions, a safe place to hear a dangerous message, a message that could change our lives and the lives of the people that we care about and the people that we love. And so we're, uh, we're taking on different questions, and, and uh, today we're going to talk about what about the person who's never heard the gospel? What about the person who's never heard the gospel? This question, like the others that have been in our series, I'm looking at and trying to answer really with two audiences in mind. And maybe you, uh, you are someone who can identify with exactly what I'm saying. Because you might be a person who's here and you're curious. You see, this is actually a question that you have. It's a question that, uh, that you've been asking and you're looking for answers to. And it may be even be a question that's like a barrier between you taking your next step in your relationship with God. And if that's the case, I hope to be able to answer your question if you're here and you're curious. Others of us maybe are in a category that we'd call committed. We're people who've already made a decision to become followers of Jesus Christ, and we're in a growing relationship with Christ, but people are asking us these questions. And we want to be able to give uh, intelligent, positive, compelling answers to the questions that people are asking us. In fact, the Bible tells us to do that in 1 Peter 3, 15. It says, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to anyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you. And so if we are committed in our relationship with God, we need to be prepared uh, to make a defense, to answer people's questions. And so whether we are here and we're curious or we're here and we're committed, we're looking at this question of what about the person who's never heard the gospel? The interesting thing about this question, and I've been asked this question many times, is that it's usually phrased like this, at least here in, in the States. People will say, well, what about the person, you know, off in the jungle somewhere who's never heard? A couple of years ago, I was uh, lecturing in, in Russia, and I was in Moscow lecturing to a group of university students on this whole topic of apologetics, and we did these question-answer times afterwards, and one night, about one in the morning, there's a bunch of university students crowding into this apartment, high-rise apartment in Moscow, and through translators, they asked me the same question, only the Russian students ask it this way, what about the person off in the desert somewhere who never heard the gospel? So whether you're asking about the person who's off in the jungle or the person who's off in the desert, the question is still the same. What is God's response to that person who never heard the message of the gospel. Now, I I, uh, find it uh, effective when I'm dealing with controversial issues to try to take at least a dispassionate look, you know, step away and objectively lay out what are some of the options so that my my heart or my ego doesn't prevent me from being able to just have a good 
discussion or a good thought process around it. So, stepping away. What about the person who's never heard? Well, there's three options. Everybody who's in that category who's never heard is saved. God saves them. Here's the other extreme or, or perspective. Everybody's lost. Everybody who's never heard, they're judged and they're condemned. Or there's a middle ground. The people who've never heard, some are saved and some are judged. Now, most people who have a fair take at this and look at the biblical evidence kind of fall into this middle ground. So most people will take somewhat of a middle position. Now, within that, there are five views that have been presented with respect to what about the person who's never heard the gospel. Here's one view. Only those who actually hear and believe the gospel are saved. Only the people who have the opportunity, who actually hear the gospel and then believe it, are saved. Here's a second view. God saves people on the basis of predestination. In other words, ultimately salvation is based on God's sovereign choice. So whether someone has heard or not heard, the real issue is, have they been predestined by God? Here's a third view about the person who's never heard. God saves based upon a faith response to the revelation that people are given. And if a person responds with faith to whatever revelation they have been given, then God, through natural or supernatural means, makes sure the gospel is presented to them so they can hear it and believe it. So if a person's faith response to the revelation they have received is positive, whatever revelation of God they have, they respond in faith, then God will move heaven and hell to make sure the gospel is presented to them so they can hear it and believe it. Here's a uh, fourth response. God looks at people's hearts, and if they have a faith response to the revelation that they've received, then based upon that, God saves them. Because in his omniscience, knowing all things, he knows that if the contingency of them actually hearing the gospel was made available to them, since they have a track record of responding to faith, they would respond in faith to that. So based upon a faith response to the revelation they have been given, God saves them. You guys tracking with me so far on these? I'm just laying them out. Here's a fifth and final position that has been presented based upon different scriptures that people have looked at to try to answer this question, what about the person who's never heard? The fifth response is this. God saves based upon judging people's works. So God looks at people's lives, and if their works are one that are the kind of works that are consistent with a person who is a believer... They're saved. If their works are the kind of works of a person who's consistent with someone who is rejecting, they're judged. So here are the five positions. Only those who hear and believe in the gospel are saved. God saves based on predestination. God saves based on a faith response to the revelation people are given. And then God does whatever it takes to get the gospel to them so they hear and believe. God saves based on a faith response to the revelation people receive. God saves based on judging people's works. It's one of those five. What about the person who's never heard? I'm going to give you what I think. I'm going to tell you the answer. I don't know. I don't know. Some of you think, well, God, right, we got out early today. We can just go home. Not so fast. I, I don't know. I have an opinion. You may have an opinion. That's not the same thing as being able to say this is what God's Word says. I don't know. 
But there are some things I do know based upon the clear message of God's word. And those things are are truths that need to create a context for us to understand what it means to be in a relationship with God, whether you're a person who's never heard or whether you're a person who has heard. What are the truths that God has made clear with respect to being in a relationship with Him? Here's what I do know. God is loving. God is loving. It says this in 1 John 4, 8. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. In fact, there are three statements in the New Testament that give us a foundational declarative view of who God is. John 4, God is spirit. 1 John 1, God is light. And 1 John 4, God is love. Foundational to the very nature of God is love. And God's love is always expressed in action. In fact, John 3.16 tells us the action that expresses God's love. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God, in his essential nature, is love, and God's love has compelled him to send his Son, Jesus Christ, so that whoever believes in him wouldn't perish, wouldn't be judged, wouldn't be condemned, but instead have eternal life. Here's a second thing I know to be true. God is just. God is infinitely just. In fact, God's justice has a wholly absolute nature to it. If you think about even our limited, finite um, perspective on justice, we expect from our court system justice. And in fact, when justice isn't expressed, we become angry. We expect justice to be uh, part of what holds a society together. But justice has its root in the truth of God's justice, who is just with a holy justice, a perfect justice, an absolute justice, a justice that sees everything, a justice that not only sees the external, but he sees the internal, a justice that understands everything and acts consistent with absolute justice. In fact, it says this in John chapter 5, Jesus is speaking, he said, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He's crossed crossed over from death to life. I, I tell you the truth, a time is coming and now has come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he's granted the Son to have life in himself. And he's given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this. For a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good will rise to live and those who have done evil will rise to be condemned. By myself, I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear and my judgment is just. For I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. God's just, and there will be a just judgment of God. In fact, the book of Revelation describes it in Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20 actually describes that the mass of mankind appears before God, and all the books of people's deeds are opened. I mean, everything that people have ever said, ever thought, ever done, in public or in secret. And God will evaluate everything. And the Bible says in that passage, in this terrifying, holy picture of judgment that if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, 
they're cast into the lake of fire. Wow. Absolute perfect justice. What about the person who's never heard? I don't know. But I know God, and God will deal consistent with his love and consistent with his justice. But that's not all I know. I also know, because the Bible has clearly stated it, that salvation is by grace through faith. Salvation is by grace through faith. It says this in Titus chapter 3. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we've done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. You see, God deals with people on the basis of mercy and grace and love, and he transforms people's lives by the work of his Holy Spirit, and he justifies people on the basis of grace. In other words, the the picture is this. Before the bar of God's justice, everyone falls short. And our works pale in comparison to the perfect standard of God. And the idea of being justified is the Greek word dikeao, it means to be declared right. So here is a righteous God in judgment. And people are standing before the very righteous standard of God. And as good as some of us might be here, and as good as some of our neighbors might be, and as good as some of the people around the world might be, all of their righteousness is going to fall short of the righteous standard of God. Well, if that's the case, how is anyone going to be made right with God? Well, this passage tells us. People are justified, declared righteous by God's grace. By God's grace. It's the very grace of God. In fact, that is the dividing line between Christianity and every other religion. Last week we talked about what about other religions. We asked the question, don't all religions teach basically the same thing? And the answer was no. And we looked at some of the different content, the doctrine of different religions, and saw how they actually taught some different things. Well, we didn't actually look at this point. But this is the great dividing line between Christianity and every other religion. By its very definition, if you were to take a religion course in university, if you take an anthropology course, a course in world religions, you would hear this definition. Religion is man's attempts to reach God. Man's attempts to reach God. In one religion, it might be through keeping certain commandments. In another religion, it might be through practicing certain rituals. In another religion, it might be through offering certain sacrifices. In another religion, it might be through... uh, chanting certain prayers. In another religion, it might be through practicing certain religious good works. And in another religion, it might be a combination of some of those things. But all of those are various works, man's attempt to reach God. In Christianity, it's flip-flopped. It's God reaching down to man. And it's not based on works, it's based on grace. The very grace of God, the goodness of God, the free offer of God. Salvation is by grace through faith. In fact, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says this, For it is by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not by works so that no one could boast. Well, what about the person who's never heard the gospel? I I don't know, but this is what I do know. God is loving. God is just. Salvation is by grace through faith. Here's a fourth thing the Bible makes clear. 
Salvation is only through Jesus Christ. It's only through Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy 2, 5 and 6 says this, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all men, the testimony given in its proper time. Paul says this, There's one God and there's man And the bridge that connects them, the mediator, is Jesus Christ because he gave his life as a ransom for all. You see, um, there's an organization called the Navigators, great organization, and they have a little booklet called The Bridge. And before they made the booklet, they used to write it out on a piece of paper. They they were sitting down talking to someone and explaining this good news of, of Christ and salvation. They would draw a picture, and it would be just like a little cliff and they would write a holy God. And then over here, they would write like another cliff, and they would write sinful man. And there was this chasm, this break between a holy God and the sinful man. And then in between, they would write sin. And the question that's raised is, well, if this is a holy God, and this is a sinful man, and sin has created this chasm of separation, how does God reach down to man, and how does man reach back to God? And then in this illustration of the bridge, they would draw a picture of a bridge between the two cliffs and they would write on the bridge, Jesus Christ. He's the bridge. He's the mediator between God and man. What a great message for all of us today. Pastor JP provides us with great insight. That is why we'd like to make it available to you on CD. Just get in touch and mention today's date. We'll send it your way for just $5. Or if you'd like to support this ministry, you can write us at Truth That Changes Lives, 23331 Moulton Parkway, Laguna Hills, California, 92653. Or give us a call at 949-916-0250. That's 949-916-0250. For your gift of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of JP's new book, Facing Goliath. Please join us every Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. at Crossline Church in Laguna Hills. The address is 23331 Moulton Parkway, Laguna Hills, California, 92653. Or check us out on the web at crosslinechurch.com. We're going to get to the address and phone number again in a moment. But before we do that, Pastor JP, do you have any insight from today's message? Thanks, Greg. The question is this. What about those who've never heard? Now, if you stepped away from the question and just kind of looked at it objectively, you'd have one of three answers. Those who've never heard automatically get a free pass into heaven. So anybody who's never heard automatically goes to heaven. Or you can look at it from another perspective. Those who've never heard have never had the opportunity to believe. And since the Bible says that belief is the necessary ingredient to salvation, if they've never heard, they've never believed. Therefore, those who've never heard are lost. And anyone who's never heard is lost and separated from God for all eternity. Or you could have some mediating position that says, of those who have never heard, some are lost and some will be saved. And then the question is, on what basis will God save those who have never heard? What does the Bible say? Is the Bible clear? Can we really answer the question? Well, let me tell you my personal opinion. It's this. I don't know. That's right. I don't know. There are certain things in the Bible that I think are clear, and then there are things in the Bible that I think are less clear. I don't know with certainty about the person who's never heard. But there are some things that I do know with certainty. God loves us. 
In fact, the Bible says this in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I also believe that man is sinful. The Bible says this in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I also believe that there is a consequence of sin. There is a punishment for sin. It says this in Romans 6.23, that the wages of sin is death. The spiritual consequence of sin is death. Personal death, physical death, spiritual death, and eternal spiritual death in what the Bible describes as hell. It says this in Revelation chapter 20. The books were opened. And the book of life was opened, and if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was cast into the lake of fire, which burns night and day for all eternity. So the Bible tells us that God loves us. The Bible tells us that man is sinful. The Bible tells us that the wages or consequence of sin is death, spiritual separation from God for all eternity. And the Bible also tells us this in John fourteen six, Jesus is speaking, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. It says this in 1 Timothy chapter 2. There's God and there's man and there's one mediator between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the only way to God. The Bible also tells us this in John 1.12. But to as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. So when we believe in the name of Jesus Christ and receive him, we enter into a relationship with him. We become children of God. The Bible says this in in 1 John chapter 5. The witness is this, that God has given us eternal life. This life is in his Son. He who has the Son has the life. He who does not have the Son does not have the life. These things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God in order that you may know that you have eternal life. So here are the facts. This is what I do know. God loves us. Man is sinful. The consequence or just punishment of sin is eternal separation from God in hell. Jesus Christ is the only way to God. Salvation is only found in Jesus Christ. When we believe in Jesus Christ and have Christ in our life and receive him into our life, we become children of God and we receive the gift of eternal life. Those are things that I know. So, what about the person who's never heard. I have absolute confidence that the God of love and the God of justice will deal appropriately with the person who's never heard. But you know, if you're hearing me speak this morning, this afternoon, as this radio program is coming across the airwaves, if you're hearing me speak, guess what? You've heard. And now there's great accountability for the message that you've heard. In fact, we are accountable to put into practice the things that we've heard. It says this in James chapter 1, Receive in humility the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. But prove yourselves doers of the word, and not merely hearers who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror, and once that he's looked at himself, and he's forgotten what kind of person he was, so is the one who hears the word and doesn't do it. But the one who hears the word and puts it into practice the effectual doer, he shall be blessed in what he does. God says that we are accountable to be doers of what we've received. We are to put into practice the things that we've heard. When we believe in Jesus Christ, we're being a doer of the word. We're putting into practice what we've heard about his offer of forgiveness and salvation. Is that what you want? Is that the desire of your heart? Then I invite you to pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I receive your word. I receive you. I believe in you as my Lord and Savior, and I accept your offer of forgiveness into my life. In Jesus' name, amen. 
we want to help you in your relationship with Christ, please get in touch with us at Truth That Changes Lives, 23331, Molten Parkway, Laguna Hills, California, 92653. Or call us at 949-916-0250. On the internet, you will find us at crosslinechurch.com. We hope to see you at one of our services every Sunday at our new campus in Laguna Hills. For more information and directions, please go to crosslinechurch.com. Please join us next time on Truth That Changes Lives. The cross before me.